I believe that veterans are the key to unlocking America's next golden age. By empowering and influencing one million veterans to transition well and become leaders in their communities, we can unlock our country's destiny and continue to change the world. My name is Bernard Bergen. Natoya Sheree Black is an advocate for women leaders, specifically in ministry leadership positions. An eight-year Army veteran, Natoya served in Korea and credits her leaders there for having a deep impact on the integrity she brings to everything she does and strengthening her belief in herself. Natoya has a master's degree in business and brings that business acumen to her work as a senior career advisor at Helms College and as the chief financial officer of New Direction Christian Center. Natoya knows that she is strong enough to finish and wants you to know that as well. Connect with her on Facebook at Natoya Sheree Black. Let's get started. All right, first question. What would you say to your younger self right when you were entering the military? Okay, as I think about when I joined the military, for me, it was an opportunity to finish my college education because I was at school at Mercer University on a partial scholarship. And coming from a single parent household, you know, I just couldn't continue to afford the tuition. So I was attracted to the military for that reason, you know, knowing that I would be able to go to school and have my school paid for. So that was an opportunity for me. However, to my younger self, I would say to don't just count the days, but really make the days count. I worked with some amazing people. I had some life changing experiences, but I almost missed the value that I was gaining simply by being a part of an organization such as the military. Fortunately for me, I had really great leaders who made sure that we continued to develop personally and professionally. They made sure we attended classes, we went to trainings, we had really good Mm -hmm. relationships. So for me, over time, my mindset changed from, I want to finish my degree to, I want to be the best soldier that I can be. Okay, now I have soldiers up under me. I want to be the best leader that I can be. So... Mm -hmm say to someone, you know, when you're entering the military, make sure that you're taking advantage of every single opportunity that you're giving and really pay attention to where you are. Pay attention to your journey. Pay attention to your experiences, the people that you work with. I mean, I've met people from all over the world, as you can attest to, and probably all of our listeners as well. You know, you have the opportunity to work with people from all over the world. And you can learn so much from them. You can gain so much from just being in that environment. And like I said, I almost missed it. So to my younger self, I would have been a lot more intentional about really being present and really taking ownership of it. I'm a soldier now, you know, (laughs) let me do it. That I'm supposed to do in excellence because this is why I'm here, not just to get my degree until Mm -hmm. I can you know, um, and go back out into the civilian world and live my life. But no, I'm here. Let me really do this well. Let me really put all my time and my energy in what I'm doing right now. So that's what I would say to my younger self. Wow. So two things pops in my mind as you shared. One, would your younger self take that advice? But two, what caused this, the mental switch? Was it when you became a leader of soldiers or a part partway in your journey as a soldier, something clicked? To answer your first question, I think my younger self 
probably would have dismissed it a little <laughs> because I, I was focused. You know, I had a goal. It was to complete my degree, to be the first person in my family to actually have a college degree. That was my goal. Mm-hmm. I was focused. So my younger self probably would not have listened to me. However, like I said, I had really great leaders. So for me, the mindset change or the shift came when I realized that the leaders that I had really cared about me, not just because I was a soldier, but as a person. Wow. When they began to open their homes to me, when they began to really and truly take care of me, making sure I was making decisions that were wise, that was would help me in my future. When I saw that, I realized this is not just a job, <laughs> you know. I'm not just yeah. here to collect a check. This is really impacting my life. And that's when my mindset changed. Wow. I like that. And I love that it was the leadership connection that unlocked that in you and in your journey. I think at times we gloss over the high level of leadership you encountered during your military service. Absolutely. And for me, in the units that I worked in, I had, you know, a sergeant major across the hall from me. I had a lieutenant colonel down the hall from me. Mm. I was just down the road from my brigade commander. So I had the opportunity to be close to higher levels of leadership. And what I saw from them was simply amazing. You know, they didn't hide behind the rank on their collar. <laughs> they mm-hmm. treated mm-hmm. like a person, you know, not just a soldier. And that, wow. like I said, just that simple act they're caring, it really changed me. It really helped me to see things differently and to really understand that this military journey of mine was so much more than what I thought it was going to be. Wow. Did it make you a better leader for the rest of your life? Or is leadership something you still have to work on in a very systematic way? Well, I'm always going to try to improve. I'm always going to be a work in progress. But that absolutely did make me a better leader because they taught me how to take care of my people when you're Mm. in a position of leadership. That was something I hadn't seen prior to that. Specifically, when I joined um, 18th Medcom, <laughs> um, mm-hmm, and we mm-hmm. all became family. <laughs> but my leaders really and truly took care of us as soldiers. Meaning, when something came up, when there was an assignment or a task or you know something to do, they made sure that we were doing what we needed to do. They made sure that if someone had an issue. They didn't just come and talk to us as a soldier. They were there. Okay, what's your problem? You know, what's your issue? You know, this is my soldier. Let me make sure they're taken care of. That in and of itself, like I said, it sounds simple. But when I saw that, when I saw that they really and truly were wanting to and were, it was a part of them to take care of their soldiers. It helped me to mm-hmm. see, okay, this is how you're supposed to act as a leader. This is what you're supposed to do. Right. You're supposed to be there with your soldiers. If your soldiers have something to do, you know, you don't just give them the task and you go sit down in your office. You do it with them. You know, yeah. if your soldier is having a problem with something, you don't just tell, well, figure it out. You help them figure it out. So it was those examples that really helped me to understand, you know, what it really means to be a leader. Wow. I think you really touched on leading by example. And I think at times, just in different work environments, there's so many different leadership styles. Mm-hmm. But leading by example always leaves the deepest impression. Right. Yeah. Now that you've served, when you do get to talk to people who are considering serving, 
younger, older, parents even, what do you usually share? When I talk to anyone and they say, hey, I'm thinking about joining the military, what should I do? You know, a lot of times people ask, what job should I take? Because I was an HR, so they say, what job should I do? You know, that would be the easiest for me to translate when I get out into the civilian world. But I like to kind of throw them off and start the conversation with, okay, why do you want to serve? That's the first question I ask. Why do you want to join the military? And then from there, I'll simply ask, okay, what do you feel you bring to the table? And that always surprises people when I ask that. But I ask that simply so that I can start a discussion of how the military is a wonderful opportunity. It will open doors for you. It will allow you to do things you've never done. It will allow you to travel. But just as importantly, it's an ability for you to serve our country in an Mm -hmm. honorable way. And it will require you to give of yourself. It will stretch you. It will challenge you. It will change you, you know. But ultimately, Mm -hmm. you gain so much more than what you give out. But I want them to know up front, don't think of it of what am I going to get from the military, but what am I bringing to the table? How am I going to serve my country? How am I going to represent, you know, even my hometown where I come from? So I I want them to kind of go in with that perspective. Yeah. What unexpected changes did serving or serving your country unlock in your life? I think the major thing or the change that came about in me was I remember as early as completing basic training in AIT, I remember coming home and feeling like I was just superwoman or that I could just Mm. do anything because I had been faced with obstacles, even as simple as the obstacle courses, (laughs) you know, I had been faced with obstacles that I stood in front of thinking I cannot do this. But within that environment, the options are taken away. You don't really have a choice. (laughs) (laughs) If I was going to complete this obstacle course, you don't really have a choice. And in that, I realized that I had so much more strength than I thought I did. And I realized that a lot of times we're capable of so much more than we think we are, but we give ourselves options. And when we give Mm -hmm. ourselves options, we choose options that are easier, that aren't as scary. But the change happened to me when I realized, okay, when I take away the options and I think, okay, this is my only choice, I actually do it. I actually accomplish it. (laughs) And it's not as bad as I thought it was. Right. I think that's powerful because without knowing it, if you've never been in a deeply controlled environment, Mm -hmm. you live with so many options, not tapping into your options are truly limiting you. Right. Wow. Okay. When I say military transitions, what one word answer would you give? Very similar to options, but I would say decisions. Um, Mm. It's never easy. And transitioning out of the military is a major change, um, even in the simple words that you use on a daily basis. (laughs) But, you know, while change can be scary, it can also be very exciting. And that's what I experienced, just the option to make decisions you can go back to school, you can continue career in the field that you're in, which is what I did. Um, you can do mm-hmm. something totally new that you're passionate about, but you're faced with so many decisions, even down to what am I going to wear tomorrow, you know? Um, yeah. But you have the opportunity to take all the tools and all the resources and make some really great decisions for your life to create the life that you want to live. Nice. I like that word, decisions. Now, as you transitioned because of your leadership and your leaders, were you able to make strong decisions for you and yourself 
And how did you help some of your battle buddies navigate their decision to transition as well? Fortunately for me, when I did transition out of the army, I didn't go very far. <laughs> About a month after I transitioned out, I started working for the military personnel division. So I was still oh, working wow. with and for soldiers. So I was still coming in contact with them on a daily basis. But I was able to help the soldiers that I had recently called battle buddies to make some good decisions for themselves as well. With my transition, I was able to see some things. I was able to say, okay, I should have done this, or I should have started preparing sooner, or I should have you know, thought about this before I did. And with that information, I was able to help my, bud my soldiers and my battle buddies make some decisions for themselves that ultimately led to a better future for them. Yeah. Now, if someone is in that transition moment and just feeling stuck with the right first decision, what would you tell them to do or who would you send them to for that first conversation? Fortunately, the Army, they have a lot of different systems in place. There is a transition program that when you start thinking about transitioning, you should um, tap into their resource. They have counselors mm -hmm. there that will work with you, that will help you decide, you know, what is it you want to do after you get out? You know, how are you going to do that? Where are you going to live? to help you make some of those decisions, but the resources are there. I would just say, you know, don't ignore the resources, really utilize them, really tap into them, really pull from them, ask the questions, ask them, what are the questions that I should be asking, <laughs> you know? Right. Um, yeah. yeah. There. I like that because I think you just unlocked in the listeners, ask the question, what questions should I ask? I mean, it's humbling, but this is new territory. Absolutely. Okay. Tell us about what you do now, your career, your service, and your aspirations. Okay. I kind of split my time between a few different things. Um, for work, I am a career service advisor. I work for Helms College, which is owned and operated by Goodwill Industries of Middle Georgia. We're actually the first Goodwill in the world to start our own college. But I mm. have a chance to work with students on a daily basis as they are coming into school, specifically as they're working towards going into their career. So I work with wow. them day one, all the way up until after they're out in the community and actually working. So I help them to develop their personal and professional skills, making sure that our students are prepared, um, not with just the technical knowledge, but you know those soft skills that they need so that they can be successful in their career and in their job. Right, right. And outside of work, you know, I'm very active in my ministry. I'm the CFO for my ministry, so I'm pretty active there. In addition to my own personal passion, I have a, a heart for women that's in ministry leadership positions, specifically mm -hmm. pastors. So I seek, seek to speak to them um, and encourage them and empower them to tap into the strength that they have and the authority that, that God has given them within the role that they, they um, actually walk in. So... Wow. That's something wow. that I spend my time doing. Now, what I love is that you definitely have a full plate of places, but I think the connecting word in each area was service. How did you unlock that value to serve in so many different ways and still find time to be your best self? Oh, it is a juggling act, to be honest with you. Um, I had to learn to find a way to balance everything. And 
it's not easy. It's something that I continue to work towards because I do serve in so many ways because I do give so much. I have to be really intentional about what I do to fresh or to pour back into myself. So I make sure that I take the time to um, read books or go to conferences or attend training so that I'm continually Mm -hmm. adding to myself. So I have to be really uh, mindful about how I'm spending my time. And sometimes I have to be a little bit more structured simply so I can get everything accomplished within the day. (laughs) So make sure I'm doing everything that I need to do. But there was a time when I would forget all about me, you know, but um, fortunately I've learned that it's really important for self-care. You, if you give so much of yourself and you don't take care of yourself, you won't have anything left to give. And because I have a heart to serve and a heart to help people, I want to be able to give the very best of myself. So I started to take that time to make sure that I was making the decisions that I needed to for myself so that Mm -hmm. I could um, and continue to do what I was called to do. Right. Now, if one of these activities was to become the dominant thing that you do, which one would it be and why? It would be the speaking and working with women in ministry and leadership positions, simply because I have a heart. I feel like God has placed a burden on my heart to really work with those women in those positions, because I feel like so often they're overlooked. The work that they do is overlooked. I had the opportunity and the honor actually to serve as a pastor's wife for a period of time. Um, and during that time, my eyes were open to so many things that I never thought um, took place. <laughs> so many things that I just never knew happened. I didn't realize the load that women have to carry. I didn't realize how heavy that hat can be to wear. And so I just want to help women um, you know, live beyond that hat, live beyond the weight and the pressure of that, because within those positions, as with a lot of leadership positions, you find yourself alone at the top, so to speak. So my heart wow. goes out to those women, and I desire to to work with them and help them. So if there was one that could become dominated, I would want it to be that. Nice. Now, what one thing would you say to that woman in that position that strong position of leadership, but burden because there's not a lot of support in place for a leader at that level, mm-hmm. what would you say to her? I would simply say that while it seems like there's no support and no one that you can talk to, there really is. It's not easy to find that support. It's not easy to find those resources, but they're really out there. And I would, like I said, I want to make myself available to them as well. But to really just take a look around you and really evaluate your relationships, evaluate your environment and find those areas or find those people that can be a source of support to you. So I would say, you know, don't feel like you have to do this alone. Like you have to, you know, operate in this role all by yourself. You do not have to. You don't have to have all the answers. You don't have to always say yes. You know, you don't have to give all of yourself until there's nothing left. There is a better way. You can actually, you know, be productive without being depleted. So I would just encourage them to really and truly, you know, take a step back and look for those resources and tap into them. Wow. I really resonated with be productive without being depleted. Right. And that's a strong takeaway. I think right. we work so hard to, you no, know, go, make keep going, keep going. accomplishing things on our to-do list, making sure that, you know, 
at the end of the day, we can say, hey, you know, today was a good day. I did this, 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 and that. But then at the end of the day, we're, we're done. We're drained. We have nothing left. So I want us to get past that. I want us to get past feeling like we have to get everything done or even that we have to do everything ourselves and find better ways of doing it while still being productive. So how do you keep yourself on your schedule with so many competing services for your time? I have a wonderful support system. <laughs> I have different groups um, of accountability where I have told my friends or my peers that, hey, this is what I'm working on. Um, this is about how much time I need to spend in this area. If I don't, um, I'll get caught up, I'll get distracted, I'll just spend my whole day working on one thing, but I won't take any time to do some of the other things that I need to do. So I have a great support system that keeps me in line. Hey, have you worked on passion today? Have you worked on mm -hmm. this? Have you spent some time reading? Have you spent some time just praying, you know? And, you know, they help keep me in line. So I, I really need that accountability and it comes in very handy for me. But it also encourages me to know that there's someone there, you know, cheering me on and that's there for me to support me when I need it. Absolutely. I think that was well said. And I think that leaders can pull from that in how the idea of iron sharpening iron Right. Is a very practical accountability tool. Absolutely. Okay. What military values are at the forefront of what you do? I would have to say integrity and mm -hmm. courage, personal courage. Integrity simply because in everything that I do, I try to make sure I'm doing the right thing, not because somebody's watching me, not because it's part of the process or the rules, but simply because it's the right thing to do. And I probably do that more for myself than anything, because I like to know that I'm making good decisions. I'm providing a good example for others. And also personal courage, you know, like I said, on a daily basis, we come into contact with or we're face to face with things that you know are new to us, are things that we have never experienced before. And sometimes it takes courage. Sometimes stepping into something new is scary. I always remind myself that whatever it is I'm doing, whatever I encounter today, that I'm actually strong enough to do it. I'm actually, you know, capable to do it. And I just try to keep those mm -hmm. things in mind. Wow. I like how you started with, I'm strong enough to do it. I think that reinforcing self-talk mm -hmm. is something many of us forget to do. So we start a thing with the wrong energy, and then we finish weekly. Or we don't finish at all because we get uh. in the middle of it when our motivation kind of drains. Um, but we have to remind ourselves that this thing that I'm doing or that I'm starting, I'm strong enough to finish it. And then we have to see ourselves, you know, accomplishing that goal. We have to see the end in the beginning, so to speak. Right, right. I like that. Okay. I know you get to sit in a very unique vantage point to see men and women entering the career workforce. Mm -hmm. Now, do you ever get to encounter veterans in the process? And if you do, what types of feedback or advice do you specifically give to that community? Oh, absolutely. We have a number of veteran students here at the school, and I'm able to you know, talk to them and relate to them on a level that you know everyone can't simply because the military is a very unique um, environment yeah. um, tell them hey you know the things that you learn in the military the things that you probably took for granted in the military the discipline 
being able to adapt in unique situations, those things will really help you in your future, in your career, you know, to really remember those things and, you know, um, utilize them because you had some really great experiences and you're kind of ahead of the game for some people. You've been taught and trained things that, you know, some people now have to learn. So I try to encourage them, let them know, hey, you know, you're on the right track and the things that you have in your arsenal are great tools that can be a very big driving force to where you go in your future. Wow. I like that. Now, tell us about what books you tend to recommend or read year after year or any training programs that has impacted your life in a transformational way. Okay. So for books, I'm a big fan of Ken Blanchard. I love his book, The Heart of a Leader. Um, he's known for the woman and manager, but I particularly like The Heart of a Leader. It's a really short book, and it's just filled with um, practical principles on success and leadership that you can apply to any area of your life. So, you know, I'm always looking out for his next book and looking for things that he has to offer. Um, but I also follow Dr. Eric Thomas, you know, and he has some amazing books out there, The Secret to Success, Average Skill, Phenomenal Will, things of that nature. But he really helps you to tap into your inner strength, so to speak. And so he serves as a, a source of strength and motivation for me on a consistent basis. Wow. I like that. And I like that you said on a consistent basis, what made the consistency matter more than when it didn't? I found that I'm not consistent. Then I began to lose energy. I began to lose focus. I began to lose motivation simply because of the things that I do. So when I'm consistent with being intentional or focusing on what it is that I need, um, you know, what I'm learning, what I'm feeding myself, what I'm pouring into myself, when I'm consistent with that, I'm able to function at a higher level. And that, when I saw that change in me, I realized, okay, the consistency really does matter. And so that's mm -hmm. when I, you know, like I said, I implemented those things, my accountability groups, things of that nature, so that I could be consistent, so that I can continue to function at a higher level. I like that. And I love how you measured against yourself. You could see when you were performing at peak levels, right. and you could see when you were in valleys. Right. And you realize that that consistency was the foundation from which you could continue to access those peak levels. Absolutely. Okay. What parting piece of guidance would you want the listeners to know and tell our listeners and women in leadership how to connect with you? Okay. I would simply say to everyone to be intentional about the life that you live. Every day brings the chance to try something new, to accomplish a goal, to basically leave your mark in the world. But make sure that, your li that the life you're living or that the life you live on a daily basis represents who you are and represents how you want to be remembered. This life is so short. We have such a short amount of time to, you know, live it and, you know, be who we want to be and do all the things that we want to do. I just want you to understand that you can actually do what it is that you want to do. <laughs> you can dream big, you can think big, and you can accomplish those things. And if anyone would like to follow me, you can find me on social media, on Facebook, Natoya Sheree Black, and at Instagram at Natoya Sheree, or my email address is NatoyaCBlack at gmail.com. I'm pretty easy to find. <laughs> <laughs> well, Natoya, I think I'm still blown away by integrity and personal courage. 
strong enough to finish. And you opened with, don't be so focused on why you decided to serve that you forget to be present as you serve. Yeah. So thank you for sharing those gems of wisdom and just connecting with the audience in a real way. I think that from this episode, many will see that a heart for service connects you in a very real way. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much for having me on Bernard. Oh, this was great.